Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello and welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. We're here, it's episode number four. I cannot believe that that means it's four straight weeks of doing this. Um, It's something that I've always wanted to do and yeah, it's here and it's happening. (laughs) Today is definitely, or this week is definitely the latest I'm doing in terms of recording this the day before it comes out. Um, Yeah, just life has been, there's been things going on and I wanted to make sure that it was something that that was flowing through and I didn't want to just force myself to sit and record if there was nothing that was kind of arising. And so, um, yeah, let's, let's begin. Welcome. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I just had the most beautiful weekend. I mean, it's Tuesday now already. Um, I was able to really spend a weekend with myself Um, Raul had a bunch of things going on this weekend, uh, work-wise and other commitments. And it was interesting because during the week we did a lot of social things and in general, the week was really, really busy. And I was like, oh, maybe we can just go for a hike or relax together this weekend. And then when he told me the things he had planned, I was like, I just kind of heard like, oh yeah, it's going to be a weekend to come home to myself. And it's funny because on Saturday morning when he left, he left pretty early and he was like, what are you going to do this weekend? And I was like, I'm going to come home to myself. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that I haven't felt, you know, completely myself. It's just the past few weeks, there's been so many things going on. There has been a lot of realizations in terms of what's going on with my gut health and me personally, but also um, where I want to take Magli on a journey in this business and and then helping. We had a beautiful wilderness day with Eco Experience uh, last Wednesday. We started up our volleyball league again. We had a bunch of social plans and seeing friends. So just kind of one of those, um, yeah, the, the past two weeks feel like there was just a lot going on. And so I really, really enjoyed taking this time. And what was interesting is that this was really just what I needed and what I craved. And had I had, you know, somebody be like, hey, let's do this this weekend, or Raul be like, let's go on this hike, I wouldn't have said no. I wouldn't have said, well, actually, you know what? What I really need is to come home to myself this weekend. And I think it, I mean, not I think, it completely brought me back to my trip, my solo trip this summer. And so I am really excited to talk to you a little bit more about planning some alone time. I think uh, this is something that used to scare me a lot. This is something that, you know, I personally didn't grow up at all uh, as this 
being normal in terms of spending time on your own. I think Raul did much more in his family. We've talked about it. There was a lot more, a lot less like doing things together all the time. Whereas in my family, you know, on the weekends growing up, it was like, hey, on a Sunday, we're going for a walk. Um, but like there was a lot of plans. There was a lot of doing things. And, and I love that. And it was a beautiful part of my um, childhood and growing up in general. And there was, you know, my parents were really social. They had friends over a lot. Um, we have a huge family. So in the summers or whenever we were in France, there was so much meeting and going around and seeing family. And yeah, it was, it's not something that I've grown up with. I think also culturally as, you know, the French culture is quite social. And so we've just always had that. And then I think also as humans, right? We're social humans. We're, that's, that's one of the things that um, we love and, and I absolutely love. I'm such a social person. I love being with people. And, and it's interesting how I've only in the past, I think mm, probably six or seven years, really tuned into this idea of being with myself rather than being by myself or being alone or being lonely. And I can remember one of the first times that this happened, we, Roel and I were, uh, we're already living together and my parents had, um, points with, uh, their timeshare that they have. And, um, they were like, Hey, why don't you guys go, um, to Tahoe in this beautiful place? And so for me, it was like, I called Raul and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're going, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, hey, don't you remember that I have uh, this fair that I like, I'm going to all weekend for you experience. And at that moment, I remember that I also in the space where we were in our relationship, right? This was early on and it's definitely grown a lot since. Um, but I remember being like, oh, okay, well then, you know, never mind in my head. And he was assuming the same, like, I'm not, you know, gonna go without him. And then I remember I had therapy, thank God for therapy. <laughs> and I really tuned into actually what I wanted and what I wanted was to be in this beautiful nature. If anybody lives in California or has been to Lake Tahoe, it's a magical place. This was, I think sometimes in, in the spring, I believe. So it was, you know, um, still a little cold. Maybe it was like March ish. So maybe there was still a little bit of snow. Um, it wasn't like full on summer, but, oh, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And so the crisp air, like I was, yeah, really in need and wanting to spend time in nature. And I was about to not go and not listen because of this. Oh, well, why? Like, I'm, you're going to go to Tahoe alone? Like what? And then, you know, my other thought was like, oh, should I bring friends? And should I kind of check in? It was super last minute. I think it was like, I found out and we were going to go a few hours later or something like that. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I actually really want this experience. And again, this came out of having therapy and talking through it and like, you know, what is it going to feel like to just go on my own? And I remember on the drive over, I, um, chatted, I think with a few like family members and different people, it was just like, it was, oh, I, I left the next day. So I was like up early and, um, you know, family 
being in France, I always like get to chat with them more on the morning and call them. And I remember the first reaction was like, wait, what? Why are you going alone? Like, what's wrong? Like, are you in role okay? Like, is everything okay? And that was a really interesting experience for me. It was beautiful. Earl was also super surprised that I left and that I went on my own. And he like had brunch with friends the next day before his fair. And they were like, what? She just like, she went. And so everything that we were getting from the exterior was very much, wait, this isn't okay. This isn't normal. And on the contrary, it was the best thing that I did because I really craved that weekend just spending time in nature. He had work and needed to do what he needed to do. And it was okay that, you know, that we each decided to do our own thing. And so this is a huge thing that has really kind of shaped uh, parts of our uh, relationship and just this continued I guess independence and desire of like each doing your own things and it's still amazing to me how often I forget and how often you know it takes him being busy for the weekend for me to tune in with myself and actually realize that all I wanted was just to come home to myself and to be alone and to not have anything going on and to let my emotions arise and you know, on Saturday, I just, I was, I felt really tired and I actually understood that I felt really emotionally tired. A lot of what I've been going through the last uh, weeks is I, you know, I'm in this transition still. I left um, my day-to-day at my old company only eight or nine months ago and, you know, I was burnt out for the last year or two before leaving and there are so many things that are coming out about that time emotions that I just I didn't have the space to let myself feel any of these things because I needed to push through and keep going and it was just too much to handle at that time and so to be able to have the space this weekend to really let those arise and not want to change them not want to you know, reach for the caffeine because I needed to get going and do all these things throughout the day, but just kind of sit with myself, tired, a little grumpy, a little full of emotions, and that that's okay. And that I, I just really needed that space to reconnect with myself, to come home with myself. And, you know, I created this podcast and I named it Unlock Your Vitality. And when I connect to that word vitality, for me, it's really that that energy, that life force that we have inside of us. And that is through so many different aspects, right? So there's definitely going to be more on here about gut health and nutrition and all of these things. I think another aspect though that I really, if you look at the holistic experience of vitality through a mind-body-soul lens that soul aspect that again letting your emotions arise spending time with yourself tuning in and so I really have found the experience of I guess breaking you know limiting beliefs about what it looks like to spend time alone um you know a lot of things whether you're like with work colleagues or other people or catching up with friends often a question is so what are your plans this weekend 
and you know, responding, mm, I'm going to spend the weekend with myself <laughs> is often like, what, what do you, what do you mean? Um, and I want to talk to you about, so why it's been so important for me, um, to kind of tune into that. And I, so when we got engaged, um, I knew that before the wedding, I really wanted to spend a weekend, a few days, uh, alone. I originally, I thought maybe I would go to like a yoga retreat or, um, just, I needed time to just for myself. And, and as a process of remembering that, yeah, that I am this independent woman, that I am a whole being or a pillar of the temple. (laughs) Um, one of the our our ceremony I'll definitely do a a wedding podcast once on here but our ceremony was completely created uh, by us and one of the poems that uh, Cindy who officiated our wedding read at the end is this beautiful poem on marriage uh, by Khalil Gibran I might be butchering the name a little bit um I want to read you the the last part because Oh, it's so beautiful. It says, Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping. For only the hand of life can contain your hearts. And stand together, yet not too near together. For the pillars of the temple stand apart. And the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. The full circle moment is that we got married under a... 250 year old cypress tree so I love that the for the pillars of the temple stand apart and it's yeah it's really I think something so fundamental to growing a strong partnership is to be able to fulfill your own needs and to connect with yourself and to empower yourself and I think you know especially as women um I grew up with a father whose career meant that we would move around um, a lot. And so my mom, who was a nurse, um, when you're going in different countries, there's so many different diplomas and things. And so her choice was um, to help take care after us and help him in all of the transitions and having a very successful career. And it's also something that we really saw during COVID. Um you know, once schools shut down, daycare shut down, and you weren't able to have help such as nannies and at home, uh, a lot of women had to quit their jobs to be able to take care of their kids full time. And the reality is we do live in a patriarchal society and it is often the woman that takes a step back um, from their careers or their passions and fulfilling their purpose um, because of being a mom. And some choose to be a mom full time. And, you know, that's so beautiful. I was extremely lucky to be brought up with a mom that dedicated her life to us. Um, And I know that for me, there is an aspect of, yes, I'm excited to one day build a family and all of these things. And I want to remember and to feel empowered to really do the things that I want to do and to create and bring into the world things outside of bringing life into this world and so 
it's something that we was really important uh, to Roel and I to be a part of our wedding wedding ceremony and for me to do this solo trip. And so I'm finally going to get to <laughs> what it is that I wanted to bring up here and to really talk about, which is my solo in Porto trip. Um, if you follow me on social media, you saw that the summer actually a few weeks after we got married. So originally I really wanted to do it before the wedding. However, uh, it was just too crazy. There was, you know, we got married, our civil wedding in California. A few weeks later, we moved out of our apartment and then I got there and I had some friends bachelorettes and there was a lot uh, happening already before our wedding. And, you know, if anybody has planned a wedding, um, from a distance, uh, it is, whether it's a destination wedding or in your home country and you don't live there, it's definitely a lot of extra work. And so I was really grateful that I had uh, a few weeks to just focus on that. So I didn't get to do the trip and then I wanted to do it after. And I was like, actually, maybe it's even more powerful, you know, just as, okay, we're married now and I'm going to get to do it. I will say though, if I look back, the reason I did it at that time is because Raul had to go back to California. So we went on our honeymoon. We did a short honeymoon in um, Greece. We went to Athens for a few days in the beautiful island of Milos, which was absolutely amazing. And um, Raul had a camp, and so he had to go back to California for it. And I had decided that I wasn't going to go back with him, that I didn't want to go back uh, and do this camp. And so I wanted to do a solo trip. But now that I'm bringing this up, it is again at a time where he had kind of this, um, yeah, this thing to go back to. And so therefore I looked at the time that I had and planned. And so there's definitely something for me to continue to explore in that world. Um, and actually the thing that I want to do is plan my next solo trip. <laughs> but before I do that, let me tell you about the solo in Porto. So first of all, obviously at that time I was, uh, we were in France. Um, I was in the times that we traveled. So we traveled in total. We were in Europe for about four months and in between we spent time at my parents' house uh, in the Loire Valley near to where we got married. And I knew that I had been mm, quite tired of traveling because it was as beautiful as it is. I think sometimes we romanticize it and I love routine and it was a lot of obviously moving around everywhere and um, trains and buses and everything. And where the our my parents' house is in France is about an hour uh, train ride to into Paris. And so every time you fly somewhere, you do have to you know, get in a car for half an hour, then get in an hour train. That's the fast one or a two hour slow one. Um, and then, you know, take the Metro or the bus and go into, uh, the airport to take a flight out. And we had done that already, like, I think two or three times with Raul in that by then. And so I knew that I wanted to go somewhere that was easy <laughs> and that was really simple. And so in picking my destinations, I actually, chose uh, I mean my choices were limited because um, our there is a little tiny airport that's around 40 minute drive from my parents house and that goes to a few destinations and actually it was so handy when I used to live in London because they have direct flights to London and so I used to um, 
yeah, just be able to be home really fast uh, when I was living there, which was awesome. And so I knew that airport from then, and I knew that there was a couple uh, destinations that I would see. It's like one of those tiny Ryanair airports, if anybody uh, is European or lives there or has had that experience. And they usually fly to only certain destinations. And so I, there was a few destinations. There was um, Marseille in the south of France. There was Morocco and um, Porto and Portugal. And so I, those three, and there was also like Dublin, London, and other destinations that I wasn't interested in. So those three were kind of my main ones. I knew that I wanted to go to a place I had never been before. I also knew that I wanted, because this was the first time really doing a solo trip in this way, I've done like other volunteer trips solo and things like that, but like with an organization, um, I knew that I wanted to have a sense of safety and to be able to walk around really easily to maybe go for a run if I wanted to. Um, and I also loved the challenge of not speaking the language. So automatically, um, Marseille and Morocco were kind of out of that, even though, um, Morocco is a place that I really, really want to go to and experience because I've still never been. It just didn't feel like, um, the right place for me at the time to go solo. So I chose Porto. I had never been to Portugal. I also don't speak Portuguese. Um, I speak French, Spanish, and English. And so I, I was surprised by how much I actually understood, um, with the Spanish, uh, especially with the Spanish. Um, but I love that challenge of just being really out of my comfort zone, because if I think of the purpose of my trip, it was to come home to myself. It was to empower myself and kind of remember my independence, especially after having made this big career transition, just gotten married. It was like, who am I? Like, who who is Magali? Who, who do I want to be? What do I want to create? What do I want to bring into this world? And travel and discovery has always been a huge part of my life. And it felt like yeah, finding a place that would uh, also bring creativity. I also love the sea. And so the fact that there is this beautiful river in the middle of Porto from the pictures I had seen, my sister also right after our wedding, it was her 10th wedding anniversary. And so they went to Porto um, and she said they absolutely loved it and that it was beautiful. I also love the fact that it was small enough to be able to walk around everywhere. Um, although oh my gosh, there are so many steps. It reminded me a lot of San Francisco and the way of the hills and the stairs. And, um, that was really sweet. And yeah, I also, if I think again about the purpose of the trip, I wanted to really not be guided by the group and to, to just do whatever I wanted to do. I think this is something that you know, if we're in a group or if, even if I'm with a friend at dinner or I'll be like, oh, what do you feel like? Or, you know, if the waiter comes and he's like, what do you guys want to drink? I'll be like, oh, well, I don't know. What are we drinking? It's something that I know about myself and that I'm, I guess, um, just sometimes I pay more attention to what somebody else wants and needs as opposed to what I also want and need. And so it was a beautiful experience to, you know, wake up in the morning and be like, hmm, what do I want today? <laughs> what do I want to do? Um, not to have a plan. That's another big thing is 
I wanted it to be out of my comfort zone in the way that the way that I normally travel, especially if I go to a place I don't know, is I, I will do so much research. I'll, you know, research in different ways, whether it's just like a Google search, but also looking at different hashtags on Instagram and in the place and uh, some different blog reviews of bloggers I follow of like if they've gone to that place and restaurants and I would definitely have, you know, like at least a list of restaurants, a list of obviously the touristy things to check out and then um, places to not go like that people recommend or saying it might be a tourist trap or and then the whole uh, other aspect which is like what do the locals do and what do they enjoy doing etc so a big comf- out of my comfort zone was I didn't want to plan anything and so I didn't plan anything I literally knew nothing about I mean I or I guess generally didn't know very much about Portugal but I literally knew nothing about Porto um, I did ask my sister and another friend who had been there before uh, which areas to stay in because although I didn't have anything planned out the one thing I did want is to feel safe and um, good in where I stayed and for that I decided to choose um, an Airbnb or no (laughs) normally we always go for Airbnb a big reason is because as much as I love traveling and eating out I really really appreciate being able to at least have one meal at home whether that's in the morning having breakfast at home or you know, we go out all day and then we have, um, we cook like a healthy or just simple dinner. Um, so that's why I've always loved Airbnb and role is the same. Like we just, there's usually more space and just more comfortable. And so that's usually our go-to when we travel this time though, I knew that I like needed that extra comfort of just again, safety and the idea of being in a hotel, uh, felt a lot better for me. And so I actually looked up, I was um, very gluten-free at that time. And so I looked up gluten-free hotels. (laughs) Little did I know that that was actually a thing. And I found this beautiful hotel. It was a little bit outside the city. So it was helpful to check with people who had been there before. I mean, outside of the city. It was like a 10 minute walk from like the main, main downtown area or old town. Um, But again, when you don't know, like, 10 minute walk certain ways could mean so many different things. And so it was good to check in and yeah, it was beautiful. Um, it was, it was just a really nice to have space. Actually, the funny thing is my room didn't have Wi-Fi, and I did have a couple calls and things, um, just very small, but like one or two things. I think one, actually I had a therapy session. Uh, I do them virtually. And so I wanted to have good internet and my internet wasn't working. And so I like, after two days, I was like, guys, like I really have no internet. Like I have to use my data for calls and my data is not great because I have an American phone and in, in Europe, even though I have an awesome plan, it's just not always like the best, uh, quality wise. And so they actually upgraded me to this beautiful room with a balcony, like a huge little terrace, um, where I was able to like do my workouts in the morning and tan and oh my god it was amazing so that was a beautiful little gift um but yeah so other than the hotel I purposely didn't know anything and I just was going there with the intention of like yeah let's spend time with me and see what happens and so 
I got lost in the windy streets. Um, I stopped and listened to a lot of the local artists. There's so there were so many beautiful. It was summer, um, September I think, early September, or end of August, something like that. So you know there was a lot going on in the streets. Um, I discovered some delicious places to nourish my body. Um, and it was interesting because I think it was one of the first trips where I was like, actually, I don't have to eat all the local foods. And I think normally a huge part of travel for me is discovering what people eat in that culture. And I do love that. I also just really wanted to nourish my body in a different way. And so I looked up like these really healthy um, restaurants. One thing that's interesting is that I think in Europe, when you look up healthy, it's still very much like vegan or vegetarian as opposed to just, you know, well-sourced protein. So that was an interesting finding. Um, but I had, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful food. I went running, I uh, had a few runs. And again, that was really helpful to just be in a hotel and be able to ask a concierge like, Hey, here's a route I'm thinking of doing, like, am I good? Just, you know, a a girl running on her own in this area. Like, is that good? If you're a girl and a runner, you understand. Um, and yeah, I also walked, oh my God, over 20,000 steps a day, every day. And so many stairs. I was literally, my calves were sore from the trip. Um, so that was really fun. There was times where when I just felt like, the light was perfect on this bench I would just sit and just sit there and maybe listen to a podcast or maybe just kind of people watch um and going back to the food I took myself out to eat I think this was one of the biggest things that I was maybe scared of and one of the biggest things that I really needed to uh yeah bring myself out of my comfort zone for because this idea of being alone in a restaurant was really scary to me and I also really wanted to make sure that it's not because I was alone in a restaurant that I would just be on my phone all the time and so anytime you know that I was eating eating in a mindful way is something that's so important to me something that I've learned has helped my digestion so much and so I would just really just take a few deep breaths because it was summer and there was a lot of tourists, there was a lot of couples, there was a lot of group, like huge groups of friends and people together. And often I was one of the only ones kind of like on my own. So that was definitely a, yeah, big thing I needed to break. And, and it was awesome. After the first time, it was like, first of all, I talked a lot more to the servers, like paid attention more to the staff. They were so nice. And asking me a lot of questions and having conversations and yeah it just it gave me a different perspective of what a going out to eat journey can feel like um and I also found that I like would stay at a place longer I think in the past when I mean it's it wasn't my first time ever eating at a out at a restaurant right like I've traveled for work and I've done a bunch of things on my own and where you're just in a situation where it's like I need to eat I need to go get food and you go to place and in those situations I had found myself like going and eating really quickly and just getting out of there whereas here because the idea was to take my time and enjoy I would just yeah really take my time and like really savor the foods and um 
it was awesome. I totally loved it. I will say that at first I felt definitely uncomfortable. Um, but once I got to kind of, I think after the first time that I did it, I was like, I did it (laughs) and it's pretty awesome. Um, sometimes I would just laugh out loud being like, oh my God, why was I so scared of this moment? You know? Um, and it was this feeling of like, it's not that I just survived. Like I really thrived through some of these limiting beliefs. And then I, on one day, um, I even took, there was this like day spa, um, opportunity at this one hotel. And I totally gave that gift to myself and it was amazing. I think it was my last day in total. I stayed there five nights. So it was quite a long time. Um, again, I was able to do this thanks to being in a transition and taking, uh, some months off in the summer and, you know, being in this space. And I think that's another thing, actually, in the past, if we have time off, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go and do this by myself because there were so little days off that I wanted to see family or go travel to see friends or um, have a weekend with Raul. Like, I think that's another um, angle of it is that in the crazy busy life that I was living, it was also really, really hard to find time and space for being on my own. And I think that you know, if you are feeling in a space where you're crazy busy or maybe you're a parent and you have kids and maybe you have young kids and there's so little time, I think obviously in that way, you know, finding five nights to spend by yourself is probably not possible or reachable right now. And I think the message here isn't like, oh, everybody has to go on a five-night trip. But what are some just moments that we can create for ourselves, that we can spend time with ourselves and really just come home to ourselves? And so maybe for you, that's a yoga class. Maybe it's an at-home workout. Maybe it's a, you know, just taking yourself out for a coffee or taking yourself out for a short walk and grabbing a matcha to go on the way. Like, I think it's not necessary to have a whole six day or whole weekend. I think there's a lot of other small ways throughout the day or throughout the week or throughout the month that we can give ourselves this time. And what I am understanding about this is that I don't actually give myself and create the space for that time until I'm in a situation where it's like, what am I going to do here? And that's I believe the thing to look out for and to change, it's like, okay, I want to come home to myself. I want to have these rituals and these moments where, yeah, I can really tune into myself. And I will say, if you are not yet a parent or have more of the space, I would definitely challenge yourself to take the time because and if you know resources allow it in all of these different things it doesn't have to be like a fancy trip away it can be I don't know a staycation maybe you have a friend who is leaving for the weekend and you can ask if you can just house it for that weekend and just be in a different environment like it doesn't need to be again a big fancy thing I think for me it was just so empowering to remember that I can thrive on my own, that I can be happy with myself. I think that's the other thing that I'm really, you know, 
going to a restaurant by myself, like I like being around me. And I think 10 years ago, I would have hated being around me for many different reasons, but I was so not aware and mindful and I was escaping things all the time that when when there was a moment of quiet or when I was alone, I needed to fill it with whether it was a show, a podcast, a, I don't even think podcasts were a thing really 10 years ago, at least not for me, um, calling a friend, like something, calling my parents, like it had to be filled. Whereas now I really look forward to it. And I guess the next step in this is figuring out a way to make more space for it. And I think that's something that we can all make more space and time for. And so I am thinking a lot more about when can I do my next little solo trip? And can it be like, yeah, a little weekend away or maybe even a day away? And it's funny when I was uh, really, really um, in the depth of my burnout, there's one or two days that I remember, two days specifically where, I mean, it had gotten to a space where I just wasn't okay, my mental health wasn't okay, and I needed to just take a sick day. And one of those days was during the pandemic, and I just, uh, we lived in the mission in the city uh, in San Francisco, and I just walked from the mission to the beach and back through Golden Gate Park, and that was my day. And I remember being so happy to just have spent the day with myself, and I journaled, I had like made a sandwich to go that was delicious and it's just the really simple things that really really helped me reconnect with myself and the second time was last year we lived when we lived in Sausalito and uh, I just again same thing like not okay just waking up being like I can't there's no way that I can do today and I went for a hike all day and that was just so beautiful and so I know that my work is to not get there and obviously it's very different I'm not in a place of burnout and high stress right now um, and I'm sure that I'll be back there you know with different things that I'm creating and building and the life that I want to have and the things I want to create and how can I just always make space for that reconnection how can we make space for reconnecting to ourselves and because it's really easy to be busy and to have a million things going on and to be running around and to be helping everybody else and forget about our boundaries. And so if you take anything away from today, how can you just find a moment or a day or plan your next little solo trip? So thank you so much for listening. If you guys want more info about like where I was, things I discovered, the restaurants I went to, I have a story highlight on my Instagram profile called uh, Solo in Porto. Um, it's, I mean, I didn't even talk about how magical of a city it is. It's beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. I loved it. I love the culture. I love the people. Um, it's definitely a place I want to go back to. So highly, highly recommend. Alright friends, that's it for this week. Uh, stick around for the well-being tip of the week and I'll see you next week. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to rate and review, that really helps the show and helps other people find out about it. 
All right, now for this week's well-being tip of the week. This week, we are talking all about mind space. How can we give ourselves more space throughout the day to just let our mind be still and wander? One of the things that has so helped me do this is my journaling practice. And so there's two times in the day that I highly recommend doing this. First is first thing in the morning. If you have heard of the book, The Artist's Way, you'll be familiar with morning pages. That's literally just writing morning pages at the top and writing everything and anything that comes to your head. What I have found super helpful is doing the same thing at night, just evening, jotting thing, everything down, whatever is going through my head, I just put it all on paper. That way I can give myself the space that my mind needs to be able to really find sleep. So I hope that that helps and let me know if you try it. And I can't wait to hear about your journaling. Thanks and see you next week.